as of right now, we're feeling good about our enrollment. Um, in particular, we're up a couple hundred students in pre-kindergarten, which was an intentional effort on our part to make sure that we had um, you know, lots of pre-K programs around the city. One of the bits of good news about the start of the new school year in the Tulsa Public Schools. Good morning, 810 on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. Much hotter today, 93 for a high heat index, 105, 96 on Saturday, 95 Sunday. We're pretty much stuck in the mid-90s for highs until uh, maybe until after Labor Day, a week from Monday, according to Michael. And we are joined in the studio by Tulsa Public School Superintendent, Dr. Deborah Gist. Good morning. Good morning, Dan. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. I see school opened on Wednesday. I saw your Facebook posts. If you were at one campus, you were at two dozen at least, it seemed like. You were everywhere Wednesday. I just was looking at that. It's more than 25. That's in the first two days. I don't didn't even know it was possible to get to that many schools in one day. <laughs> well, it was you know they were obviously not super quality visits, but right. I was able to get in, visit a couple classes, take a lot of selfies, take yes, some goofy pictures sure. with the kids. Yes, the kids always like to do a regular and a silly. Right, mm-hmm. well, that's that's to be expected. We're going to do that after this hour. As a matter of fact, we'll take a regular <laughs> one and a, and a silly, goofy one. So, after all the turmoil of the spring and the teacher walkout and the, the fights over money, and just give us your assessment of where things stand as you begin the 18-19 school year. You know, we are feeling really good. Morale feels so much better. I think that last spring's showing of Oklahomans and their love for our teachers, for public education, their recognition of why all of this matters to our state was felt and heard loudly and clearly. And so there's a lot of confidence that this is going to, that things are different. This is going to be better moving forward. So everything's fixed and we're all good. (laughs) Well, no, for sure not. Um, This was though a step in the right direction. And it had been so long when we were not only making steps in the right direction, we were actually taking steps backward. So we, you know, for more than a decade had cut more per people than any state in the country, about $200 million of cuts to education. And, and that was felt deeply and, and harshly in our schools. And so it feels like things are looking brighter. Well, we got to know how much of that's been restored. What that was cut last year is back this year. Well, what what was what happened? The most important thing that happened was the increase to our teacher salaries. Right. So that was an average of a six thousand uh, dollar increase. It ranges from five thousand to eight thousand, depending on your years of service. And, and that has meant that you don't have nearly the teacher shortage this year that you had last year, right? Well, so to be clear, we know. I mean, yes and no. So we still have a massive teacher shortage in Oklahoma. Every district is continuing to struggle to find people to fill classrooms. We've, we do feel the difference, though. So we lost, we still lost hundreds and hundreds of teachers um, and hired, I think, about 500. We, we are almost fully staffed. Uh, we were missing, I think, two or three, but we filled those with people from the district office. So we do have a sort of a teacher in every class, but but we but we still struggle to find teachers. And you know, I've uh, told tried to give people some perspective, and I would share with them that you know when I was in Rhode Island, which is where I was most recently, um, we would have a second or a third grade opening. We would get. 150, 200 applicants for one position. And we struggled to find, you know, to be able to choose from from a, a pool of applicants. Of qualified and applicants. Right. 
Right. And that, you know, we have a lot of wonderful, wonderful people who want, who love Oklahoma and want to teach here, who love Tulsa and want to be in Tulsa public schools. And we're grateful for that. But we need to be able to have a larger pool of candidates. And we need to build a, when we have a vacancy, to be able to find someone who has experience and, and training in that position. And you might even need more because you got a whole lot of people running for office who are teachers. <laughs> I know there was a big rally about that yesterday. Uh, that, that is, that, it's a thing. You've got people trying to go out and do that. You're going to, you know, obviously going to have an opportunity to go vote for them and, and have time off and such. Tell me about the rally a little bit. We, well, I can't speak specifically to the rally, but I can tell you that we have um, some teachers I know well who are running who are remarkable people and would make amazing uh, legislators. And I think what matters most is that we saw a lot of people, teachers and parents and others who were running, um, who are supporters of public education and who are saying enough is enough. We're going to make sure that we have a larger number of people in the in the state who not only say that they support public education, but they're willing to do what needs to be done to make sure that it gets what it needs. Beyond teachers, let's let's talk programs because there was a point uh, last year at which you know we're looking at cutting athletics and all sorts of programs being cut back. Have those been restored? Are they still in danger? Oh my goodness, no, they have. So when. I said a minute ago that the state cut, I think it's about $180 million over the last 10 years. They restored last year 17 statewide. So just a fraction of what they've cut. It's a small fraction. And so in other words, we're not even close to being back to where we were a decade ago. And a decade ago, we were under investing in public education. So we have a long way to go to get to a point where we truly have an adequately funded public education system in Oklahoma, but we do are we, we are grateful for the steps that were taken. We appreciate those legislators, and we're on a better path. All right, let me let me listen closely. Yes, I can hear them. They're saying, "Hey, football starts tonight. We've got great big stadiums. <laughs> Let's go over this whole thing about what you can and cannot spend money on, and mm-hmm. allocation, and why some school districts look wealthy from the size of their football stadium." We'll get into all of that. Eight twenty, the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter in the studio with Tulsa Public Schools Superintendent Dr. Deborah Gist. You can watch right now on Cox Cable Channel three or ten o three. So, uh, one of the things we hear often when we talk about the financing of public education in Oklahoma is, well, they just put a new video board in there at the Owasa Stadium. Uh, well, they've got enough money, don't they? That money for stadium. Explain. Why a school district could have a big fancy football stadium but still be strapped for for cash? Right. So for capital purchases, we are able to go out and and ask our community to support bonds, and that gives us the ability to sell those bonds, get um, uh, funding to be able to invest in in capital. Uh, items, largely buildings, a little, you know, sometimes technology and some other things like that, but mostly it's facilities. And because we're able to do that, and because um, our community members, or at least in, in the Tulsa area that I'm aware of, have just have overwhelmingly supported these. They want to do something for public education. They want to make sure that the buildings are safe and, and conducive to learning and that there are great places to play and learn in our schools. 
animals um, and that they're healthy. And we're grateful for that. We're not able to do that. We're not able to go out and do the same for operational dollars. So that's why And by operational dollars, teacher salaries, textbooks? All, yes. Well, textbooks can sometimes can be, bonded. be unbonded, yes. Okay. But it's um, regular resources, daily resources, um, teachers, teacher salaries for sure, et cetera. Keeping the lights right. on thing. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's because the state controls that, right? The amount of money that, that you get. Why wouldn't conservative lawmakers want local control? Why? Why That's is there such? Why, why is there such resistance <laughs> to transferring that control to, for raising money for the schools back to local communities? You know what's so fascinating about that is I moved home to Oklahoma from a very blue state, and I was have been stunned. I remain stunned at the amount of control that the state has centralized over our, control. Yes, both funding wise, but also other things. I mean, there's just, it's a, it's a very tightly regulated and monitored in ways that are not necessary and they cost money and it's, it's frustrating, but, but certainly the same is true for education funding. I would say that it is important for our state to have an equitable process for funding so that we don't leave behind um, little towns that don't have the resources which to is what happened in texas, texas right and you, know, you don't want that you don't, you don't want, want the federal that. court stepping in and saying uh, we're going to implement a robin hood plan and take yeah, money from it's rich just districts the wrong and thing give it to, to poor do. right you don't want to leave those those children behind our whole state will benefit when we're all educated and i'm grateful that that oklahoma has an equitable funding formula to begin with. There are several problems. One is that there's not enough money in the formula for the distribution, first of all. Second of all, that we are restricted from being able to ask our own community to do more above and beyond the formula, which can be done in a way that doesn't uh, disrupt the equity. The other, the other mm-hmm. school districts. But state ever. question eight hundred one is going to give a little bit of an opportunity with some sales tax revenue or property tax mm-hmm. revenue. Can that help? You know, my response to that is that flexibility is always a good thing for all the reasons we were just talking about. You know, that's just one less way in which the state is directing us what to do with funds. You can do this with that pot. You can do this with that pot, but not with that pot. It's just all a bunch of, it's just very bureaucratic. However, it doesn't, it's not going to give us any ability to do anything different because what it does is it says you can use your building fund, which is right now restricted for these things about buildings, custodians and maintenance and mm-hmm. things like that. And you can use that to do other things. Well, that's awesome, except that we don't have enough money to take care of our buildings and pay our custodians. We have too few custodians. So, so it what doesn't it is, really... it's permission for you to rob your own Peter to pay your own Paul, basically. Right, when we don't have, when yeah. Peter doesn't have any money. Wow. Right. All right, well... Congratulations on a successful start to a new year. Thank you. And a very busy week. And we look forward to talking to you again. Uh, Best wishes for a very successful 2018-2019 school year. Absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity to to say more. We had a great great start. We're going to have an awesome year. Tulsa Public School Superintendent Dr. Deborah Gist. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.